You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. The listeners will understand. I'm sure they will, and the way you hurt my brain is normally just visually, but that was also a mental poke and prod at my poor little withering brain. And folks, welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 198, where Mark inflicts pain and suffering on poor Mike and I. So, oh, I, I don't that's... know Mike, or at least not yet anyway. <laughs> the episode is still young. <laughs> this is true. It is, it is still very new in the episode, and I really should hit the record button just in case we need it. <laughs> you okay. never know. I was right. going to say, were you guys saying something? I wasn't listening. I was doing something else for the moment there. Were you insulting me or not? No, no, not yet. A bit later on okay. in the show, we might awesome. though. Yeah, the insults are, are saved for later. But first, lest we forget this again. Oh no, let's please forget it. I'm sweating in certain places and nobody needs to know that. And now they I got. I got ice cubes in certain places, and people don't need to know that either. But. I, Mike, <laughs> I, I could use the ice cubes at this point in time. I, I kid you not. It, it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful. Um, never mind. I'm not going <laughs> to touch, touch that. But I will say that currently here for me, and I just came in from outside about 20 minutes ago. I was outside doing a couple things. Uh, it's 37 degrees, and I was in shorts and a T-shirt, as I am always. <laughs> Uh, it's 37 degrees Fahrenheit for me. It is one degree Fahrenheit for uh, Mike, according to my weather app. Well, my thing's got minus one. This is the one right above our house, so it's minus one. It did get down to, uh, what was it, minus 16 last night. Fahrenheit. That's four. Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Yeah, so like I said, ice cubes in certain places. Even when I put uh, my dog Molly out, she's kind of like dancing around going, the hell is this nonsense? And, it's and like, I Mark, can hold it. And for Mark, it's 93 degrees. Oh, that'd yeah, be great. it's nice. You, you know what? I, I've got to say, if I lived where you guys uh, live, I'd move. <laughs> I'd, I'd be heading for Florida. No, I don't. I've been to Florida once. I don't. And no offense to anybody that lives there, but it's very flat and very hot, and bug and they have bugs down there the size of small animals. So it's not that much <laughs> different to Australia. Okay, well, there's another reason I'm not coming to Australia, <laughs> except to see the ever angelic Gretel, who I who I was texting with just a short while ago. So, cool. So, yeah, so we we have lots of conversations, most of which don't involve you. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Because generally it's boring, and I don't want to hear it anyway. Uh, but we share a kindred spirit and our love of post all things postage. Yes, you are two special posty nutcases. I mean, I actually, I don't know if I've mentioned this, I worked for the United States Post Mm -hmm. Office for about 14 or 16 months, I can't remember now, back in the uh, mid-80s. Yeah, that that, that, that was when they had all their problems, slow postage, lost parcels, you know. It's possible. Mm. I worked in one of the (laughs) huge, at first I was trained in what they call a sectional center, which is a great big office where all the... Hold on, did you say sexual center? That's sectional. what I thought I heard. Sectional. <laughs> oh, sectional. No, I'm sure you said sexual. <laughs> oh, I thought you said sex, no, but okay, whatever. Much like your brain, much like your brain Mark, sectional. Hey, hey listen, my, my headphones or earphones go right into the ear, they're in the ear, so it delivers the message loud and clear to that brain of mine. 
but it, it also was, keeps your brains from oozing out too. That's yeah. it. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an interesting place to work, especially even back then. They had autonomous carts. They followed these thing, uh, uh, hidden tracks in the floor. They were different colors, so when they would stop at different stations to pick up, I, it's been so long there now I can't remember. Uh, like if you were doing uh, parcels that needed to go overseas, you dropped it in like the yellow cart that came by and it tracked around all the stations and then went out to the loading dock and so you know and all these. Weird thing, and this was the nineteen eighty four, eighty three. I mean, they had this sort of thing mm. back then, so it was pretty, pretty amazing. Well, I was just say, did the one that come from the coffee shops that follow a brown route? No, <laughs> it, it, it followed a straight through route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, it's funny though. They wouldn't have let. I don't know if you could have taken even a cup of coffee out on the floor. You weren't allowed to carry a package out on the floor. I mean, if a woman carried a purse, it had to be clear see-through. Um, you know, I mean, I carried my wallet, but they really, you didn't, the they looked at you before you went on the floor. When you came into the building, you punched in, and then you they looked at your purse or looked at anything you were carrying, and you weren't supposed to carry anything out on the floor. And the postal inspectors could watch you at any time they wanted. They had an overhead con- enclosed catwalk where they had little viewports all the way along it where they could keep an eye on people doing stuff. Hmm. Very big brotherish. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess especially when you look at the 80s, it was less electronic trans, transfers back then. Certainly fax and, and the facsimile system was around, um, beepers were around and stuff like that. But for the, the documents that people needed to sign and send between places and so forth, it was it was sent uh, that way, and and that needed to be secure. It it just had to be. So, I guess that's a not an old fashioned way, but a, a more basic, um, real world way of, of replicating almost internet security, if you will, where you know every single step the process went through had to be verified, checked, and, and made sure that nothing could go wrong. Yeah, that, that's that's probably true. Um, you know, it came down to it too. I almost went to work for the post office full time because I was working there part time. Uh, because way back then they were paying almost thirteen bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of money back in uh, the early eight, early to mid eighties. Well, not only yeah. a lot of money in in that time, but a lot of money in the U.S. as well. Because I know that, like in comparison to Australian pay rates, our hourly rate is generally a bit higher than the US but then everything else that we buy is more expensive so it's, it's kind of all relative um, but certainly with that kind of separation from what we would have been paid in, in the 80s that, that was that was a, a really nice salary yeah it was um, there were a lot of reasons I didn't choose it uh, one because it was a a uh, big one was they would only guarantee me a certain number of hours because they work you up. They bring you on part time and work you up, and I just eh, I don't know. And plus, they weren't saying, "Well, you'll work at one of these six post offices." No, mm-hmm. no, I want to work at one particular place all the time. Mm. Yeah, th- there was somebody I graduated with. He worked uh, for the post office, and he was retired. I think last year, maybe two years ago. So he's starting to get a pension already. I'm kind of going, "Oh, that would be nice." Yeah. Well, you know, I could draw my pension anytime I want. <laughs> and I've got another 14 more years if I want to get anything out of the uh, retirement uh, 
plan through the school. So I'll be paying your Social Security, Kevin. So. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Mark, Mike. And I got another body part that you can kiss, but we'll save that for after show. You can save that for Mark if he ever comes to the United States. I'll be right. I'll be right. But don't do it when it's cold, because much like metal, I have a feeling your ear would stick to that if it was really cold. Yeah, you no, guys, you guys it, if I ever did come, it would have to be in the warmer weather. It could not be in your winter. I just couldn't do it. Come to South Dakota during tornado season. We'll give you a, a thrill. Take you for that, a spin. That, that'd, be, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> I, I, okay, I just, saw the movie Twister. Not a bad film. No, and you know, just because we've had two towns mostly destroyed by tornadoes in South Dakota. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll have to say this: I've only been close to two or three, I guess, in my lifetime, and none of the times did I really like it too much. I did manage <laughs> to snap some pictures a few years ago as a couple were getting ready to to touch down. There were twins coming down, kind of together, but yeah, I don't. It, it freaks me out. I'm sorry, tornadoes. They they, they seem a little bit too random. Well, they are. Well, there's, well, yeah, you get like, you know, 30 seconds warning. So, mm. you know, well, you, you live out here long enough. You kind of watch the weather. When it starts to look a little weird, you get near the house. If it gets weirder, you stand. I stand in the doorway. I watch the weather. If I see a cow flying by, I'm going down in the basement. That's a pretty <laughs> good sign. What's worse is if you see the cow come back by the other direction. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's like. Ah, oh, crap. You look <laughs> up and see what's up there. So. Yeah, it's uh, it, it could be really bad. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's something I don't envy for you, having to live in uh, Tornado Alley. Not that we don't get them here in Virginia. We just get a lot less of them here in Virginia. So, hmm. um, But anyway, talking about purchases, as we were talking about, I done did a bad, bad thing. Did you take Uh-oh. your wife's purse to make the purchase? No, I didn't do that. Did you take your checkbook in vain? Uh, no, I took no. a little piece of blue plastic they were willing to accept. Oh, so oh. you credited it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, I, I, what was it, Kevin? I done did buy an Apple TV current model. Woo-hoo. I'm so ashamed. My oh. poor Roku. Weep. So ashamed. Oh, <laughs> Roku can go and and I don't know. No, I make I, a well, spare slot for the Apple TV for. Well, I actually, I actually did take the Roku that was on. I hooked this to my new TV upstairs. I took the Roku off. I'm gonna probably put it back, or I'm gonna have put an HDMI switch there. I should say, uh, but I did put the Apple TV on that port where I did have the uh, the Roku, and spent most of yesterday afternoon. And part of last night playing around with it when I wasn't watching uh, football, uh, American football. Let me clarify that. But I'm thoroughly impressed with the device. I mean, I still love my Roku, and I would still recommend it to a lot of people. And I still think I may end up getting a fourth-gen Roku, too. (laughs) But um, Because one can never have too many streaming devices. Uh, (laughs) But the, uh, the Apple TV, I mean, I hooked it up. The setup was really pretty easy. The only thing was I had to update my iPhone because I was still running, wasn't running a current enough version of iOS to do the, the transfer on it. So I had to wait for that because I didn't want to sit there and key in all the stupid passwords. You should feel ashamed of that, Kevin. You, you should update more frequently. 
Yeah, the way iOS has been bending me over a log since <laughs> iOS 9 came out, I'm not uh, real keen on updating Are it. you still annoyed at Siri? Uh, I'm annoyed at Siri. Uh, I'm annoyed in general at iOS 9. I have never had, and, and I'm not going to go into this, we said it enough times on the show, I have never had so much trouble with an iOS upgrade as I have had with 9. The little things it breaks and annoyances it's caused. Works fine for me. How about you, Mike? Uh, uh, except for it coming up with a few weird misunderstandings when I dictate into it, uh, it's okay. So, hmm. But I will have to say the good lady Siri, or actually she has no voice on the Apple TV, works pretty damn well on the Apple TV. You push the little button, say find this or find that for me or what's the weather. Uh, my kids were just like, wow, you just asked the TV for the weather. <laughs> And I said, yes, and see, it told us the weather right there. And uh, it was it works really pretty good. The the games, though, on the Apple TV, I've put Crossy Road on there because there's nothing like playing Crossy Road on a 48-inch high-def screen. <laughs> it's just... <Okay. laughs> no, I'm kidding. But another game I downloaded I've been playing is Asphalt 8, the racing game. That mm. is truly amazing looking the graphics on it are gorgeous and because of all that and also after talking to Clive Hammett uh, 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 and who else two other people uh, James Turner and my mind just blanked on who the third one I'm going to have to now buy one of those remotes the Steel Series uh, I think it's Steel Series Nimbus is what mm-hmm. it's called yep okay so yeah, I'm going to have to buy that, and I can see where I'm going to be playing a lot of freaking games on this thing just because it's awesome in the way it plays them. Unless the games are cheap. If, if yeah, you look, if you, look you know, you, you look at the controllers, and I, I know in Australia they're about $90, so in the US they're probably $60. Um, so you've got an, an initial investment there, but after that the games are pretty affordable. They're not too bad, which is good. Um, so it's actually... a, a relatively inexpensive game system as a dedicated gaming platform. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think the one game I've looked at buying uh, was three ninety nine. Chris was the other guy that uh, online, uh, Big Blue Wolf, uh, was the one that uh, ta- uh, was talking about how good the, the uh, controller was. So when I get paid next time, I will take my fun money and order myself a controller for it because uh, it looks like an Xbox controller so that mm-hmm. should be pretty good. I'm used to Xbox controllers and I can foresee me pissing away a lot of $2 here, $4 there even $10. Some of the games, the graphics on them are just as I said, it's freaking amazing and on that big screen to see those things there's a fishing game and I know that sounds ridiculous but the graphics were just amazing on it to play and I like playing fishing games you know, because that way, I don't have to worry about the smell of the fish. <laughs> so, yeah, or the taste of it either. That's true because I'm not a big fish eater. <laughs> no, we agree on something anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm not a big fish eater. Oh, I, d- I disagree. Yeah. I love fish. Shellfish, I'll eat till they come out my ears, but regular fish, I'm not much on. So, yeah, that's well. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I'll have to say. Uh, and so far, the other thing, and again, this is the first Apple TV that I've ever had. I had never used AirPlay. And I know that's, you know, everybody's going, well, AirPlay, no big deal. I've been using it since 1921 or whatever the hell. <laughs> um, but um, 
I've been, uh, I was doing, I was watching some of our friend Don McAllister stuff, you know, that was on my iPad, and I airplayed it to the TV. I was laid back in my recliner. Did, did, Don, irre- did Don get his app approved for the Apple TV? Because I know that he submitted one. Not yet. Right. He did not yet get it approved. Um, I can't wait to see that when that comes in. But, um, yeah, I just did AirPlay because I used Downcast, as we talked about a month or so ago, to pull his uh, videos down onto my iPad Air and then just air, AirPlayed them straight up to the TV, and that was, like, um, super uber cool. I'm, I'm sorry. It was just, you know. Air, very- AirPlay is probably Apple's greatest gift to entertainment in my opinion it just enables so much flexibility and it's it's a, it's an unmodified stream when you go to the airport at extreme and uh, the little airport hockey puck type uh, units and then it's slightly modified for apple tv um but it, it's crystal clear it works great and um it's something that I use every single day I, I couldn't live without airplay now it's so much better uh, than bluetooth uh for audio um, admittedly, Bluetooth has come a long way, but I don't have the uh, speaker systems to take um, the Bluetooth, the higher quality Bluetooth signal, and actually use that. Um, my Bluetooth versions are capping out at, I think, EDR 2.1, I think. Um, but yeah, it just goes over Wi Fi, nice and simple, nice and fast, and um, yeah, I, I love it. We can have something else that truly amazed me too during the setup process. The remote and the Apple TV said, "Oh, we know what TV you got." Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and and it links up with the remotes, and you can use a single remote if you want, or you can use multiple remotes. It's it's really really handy. It means that you can set up a lot of things and leave it as auto without having to actually go in and say, "Okay, this is 1080p or this is 1080i." It automatically register it, and that's thanks to HDMI. And the, uh, the the talk back and forth that they do. So it's not only audio and video that go via HDMI. It's also uh, data that, that handshakes consistently uh, so that it can give you the best possible results. It's really impressive. Yeah, and now I did only get the 32 gig version. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you because know, it was a $50 difference. And, you know, not knowing for sure how well I was going to like it. Of course, you know what's the awful sin then if I later have to buy a sixty-four gig and you got you got two beautiful big TVs there, Kevin, one for each. That's right. It was what was really funny is I bought the Apple TV. The first question out of my my son was son helped me set it up, and he was like, "This is cool, Dad." You know, he's shooting video, helped me shoot video while I'm unboxing it and doing all this stuff. It was cool. You know, we were both geeking out over you know, great father son moment. Mm-hmm. The all three. Both my daughters and my wife come to me and say, does this mean we're going to have to change the way we watch television? I went, no. It has nothing to do with watching regular TV. I said, it's just replacing the Roku. It just, you know, it's just another streaming device on the TV. Now, my oldest did enjoy it this morning when I showed her. I said, my my huge iTunes library <laughs> is, is there. <laughs> yeah, all three oh. Um, uh, but I, you know, I could pick it up. We were scanning through, and there was some stuff in there that I forgot. I had apparently she had a Taylor Swift stage. And <laughs> there's a bunch of Taylor Swift crap in my iTunes library that I didn't. I wouldn't know call there. it crap. That's been. Um, no, I'll never, it's not. It's not Justin Bieber. Uh, no, but I'll never listen to it. So, 
I mean, Go I be more open minded, Kevin. I don't need to discover new music. <laughs> I know. Oh, you, you, you just you bore my blood, Kevin. I know. I try to. <laughs> and I'm sure you do it on purpose. Now, speaking of music, I'm just going to jump in because I'm I'm using the uh, still using the Apple TV three. I haven't gone up to the new edition uh, yet. Just. I haven't felt the need for it because what I do most of the time on my Apple TV is fine. Now, what I do is I watch a lot of TV content and stream a lot of content. Now, that, yeah, it could be a better interface. It could be easier. It could be a little bit faster. But you know what? It still works and it still produces uh, the, the quality that I'm after. But more importantly, um, one thing that I, I tend to do, and this is a really, really unique niche, case, uh, niche uh, use case, for AirPlay and for the Apple TV. So I've got the Apple TV 3 set up. Now, I've been having problems recently with a a multi-format Blu-ray player that plays CDs and and DVDs as well as Blu-ray. It plays CDs atrociously. The sound quality is horrendous. I can't stand it. So I've been looking, okay, do I go and spend an extra $1,000, $2,000 on a dedicated system and and solve my my problem so that I can actually play CDs? And I've almost given Kevin a heart attack. We we live in two different worlds. I I was talking to Mike and Kevin last week about this, uh, listeners, where Kevin and Mike, they geek out and and they don't mind fiddling, whereas I've got to geek out on, on the absolute quality, the best picture quality I can get, the best sound quality I can get. Whereas Mike and Kevin are more flexible with that kind of thing, they they more want the functionality. Whereas I just I go for the quality. So anyway, that's just a little bit of background. But anyway, what I found because I've got a Amation Blu-ray drive that connects to my MacBook Air, beautiful little portable self-powered drive, and I was thinking, okay, could I actually turn this into something else? Now inside the Amation, it's actually a Pioneer drive, and the Pioneer drives are pretty good anyway. So I connected it up to my MacBook Air, and then I decided, okay, let's see if I can stream the CD to the, well, play it to the MacBook Air, then stream it via AirPlay to the Apple TV, and then play it that way. Absolutely perfect. It is spot on. I mean, there is no issues whatsoever uh, with the the sound quality now it is as good as if I had paid a couple of grand for a dedicated player and the reason why is it's just taking the zeros and ones straight off the CD into the computer then the computer is transferring that straight away to the Apple TV then the Apple TV is doing a slight conversion from 44.1 kilohertz to 48 point mm, 48.1 or 48.2 kilohertz and Kevin sending messages and my Apple watch is going spastic and uh <laughs> But anyway, so it makes a slight change, but it just opens up the um, the available spectrum. It's it's not a big deal, but it's almost bit perfect. And the the one thing that amazes me is I can sit in there now and use the Apple TV as a streaming device to play back normal CD from the Mac, and it's absolutely perfect. It's the best experience uh, ever, and it's it's now made me sort of go well. Okay, it's a little bit more inconvenient, but if I don't want to go and spend a couple of grand um, buying a dedicated player to actually get that performance that I'm after, this cheap setup uh, will do the trick. It, it is absolutely perfect. Um, so it's just another use case for what AirPlay can do, is that you can actually play CDs across AirPlay. That is pretty cool. I like that idea. If you know, if, Well, actually, I do have a lot of CDs. I just 
don't listen to them anymore. I probably have about 75 CDs upstairs that I never listened to, um, which I really should, I guess. Um, but I might have to give that a try, see how that works. But now you have... It's, it's, it's just bit perfect. That's that's the thing. It's not doing... It's not changing anything. So when you get the multi-format Blu-ray players, they all have their own digital processing built inside. And that, if it's on a cheaper player, or if my one specifically is a moderately priced player, but it's targeted towards DVD and Blu-ray. So the sound out of those two formats sound beautiful, but CD came in as an afterthought to be supported on it. And it's always sounded sounded atrocious. So it's just getting the, the data off and getting it directly into the um, the receiver without any colorization that, that does the trick. Also, because you've got to push it down, so this little portable emotion drive that I've got, you've got to actually push it down and lock it into the spindle before you push it in. So when the disc is spinning, you're not getting errors and, and read errors with the disc wobbling and so forth. Whereas in traditional uh, DVD, Blu-ray players, what happens is the disc tray comes out, put the disc in, the, it goes in, the tray falls away, and then it sits on this little tiny spindle with a little tiny top holding it in place. But once it gets up to speed, which is a few hundred revolutions per minute, it can start to really wobble. And that wobble can then cause read errors uh, with the laser. And then what happens with read errors is the system actually turns around and says, OK, I'm reading this at 44,000 times per second, um, but we, we missed, you know, maybe 5,000 of those little samples. Well, I'm just going to patch it in. Go and Fix fi- it up. Fix it. Yeah, fix it up. And that then causes distortions and what's called jitter and so forth to where then the sound quality isn't as impressive. <laughs> and honestly, it, it's a night and day comparison. I, I keep saying this, but I wish I could, under copyright laws, record all this stuff and present it online and, and put it on YouTube and so forth because it's it's very simple things that make bad stuff sound better. I, I did a, uh, a review a couple of days ago on subjectivesounds.com where, for once, on a Dire Straits album, their debut album, the Apple Music version surpassed my CD, surpassed the title Hi-Fi version. It was absolutely epic. It was beautiful. But it was the original 1978 ma- mastered edition it was not a reissue it was not a remastering and it definitely was not mastered for itunes and it sounded glorious i put it on my main system and i was blown away i was like wow this is really apple music this is friggin' incredible so what i'm basically saying is hey let's take all the tom fuller in the mickery out of it forget mastered for itunes crap because the you know, it's either mastered well to begin with or it's not mastered well. And I don't believe you need to go back and remaster something that was mastered perfectly to begin with. And this was just one one test case. Yet the previous three reviews before that one, was I was slamming Apple Music saying, it is crap, it's shit. Um, so, yeah, just I'd, I'd love to be able to sonically pr- produce this in some way legally so that it can be seen, well, hey, you know, this guy's not just talking hot air here because i think a lot of people who aren't into audio uh to the extent i am and certainly there's people worse than me uh but i I think some people don't appreciate that yes there is a a sonic difference and yes if you do some simple things and and so forth but it's all in the mastering 
And Kevin's laughing his, his ass off. I don't know why, but... I'm laughing at Mike because when you said there's someone worse than you, he started getting a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's not an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, your eyebrow speaks volumes on your face, sir. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, look, um, all, I'm, all I'm trying to say is that yep. good sound quality can come from a lossy source, even from Apple Music, even from iTunes, but it's got to be mastered perfectly to begin with. If you look at the mastering that's coming out, um, Kevin, you just mentioned Taylor Swift. I just did a Katy Perry review the other day, uh, and the, the CD is just too loud. It's brick-walled, and it's got a very low dynamic range. The vinyl that I've got has a higher di- dynamic range, therefore it sounds better. If they can maintain that dynamic range, you can compress it and still have it sound good. But if you start with a small dynamic range and then compress it again... Oh, it, it's it's horrendous, and that's where lossy encodings get a bad rap. And that that's where I'll be honest. That's that's where I can them uh, is on the double compression that they apply. Uh, keep the original dynamic range. Keep the original mastering. Don't brick wall them, and then you actually have a beautiful lossy file that would make anyone proud to listen to Apple Music or iTunes. Well, now I have a question for you, being Mister Audiophile that you are. Uh, this has nothing to do with music, but it has to do with audio. Um, we were watching... I went out and bought a new Blu-ray player to, when I got the TV upstairs. Yep. Uh, ordered a Blu-ray player. I got a Samsung. It's a nice Blu-ray player. Um, and we were watching Jurassic World on DVD. And we were probably 85% in. We were into the part where there it's nighttime... Spoiler alert here, people, if you haven't seen the movie yet. Where they're coming back into the uh, the town, village, whatever it is, and the dinosaurs are after them. They're on their way back in. Uh, big big spoiler, but, Kevin. Dinosaurs are after the characters. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Anyway, so we were watching it, and all of a sudden, a message popped up on the screen, and it said something about the audio temporarily muted because of some sort of sound encoding. I'd have to go look at the message again. And what I had to do was go into the uh, TV and tell it to play a lower quality, switch it to a lower quality format instead of letting the TV do the higher quality stuff that it had been doing for the whole rest of the movie so that we could hear the audio. You know what? It sounds more like a buffering issue than anything. Sounds like it just the buffer got full and didn't delete and then keep going and well it didn't matter if i turned it off turned it on it's still so thing. at that point it still kept were you yep. playing the, you might have been playing the dts track and if you were playing the dts dts i find i love it because it produces that nice big rumble that big bass uh response but the problem that i've got with it is it takes a fair amount of processing on any amplifier that I've ever come across and, and any TV and you've got to even though you can play it back you've got to specifically make sure that um, the TV in this case uh, if you're not running it into a receiver can accurately decode DTS it's it's very specific and it's it's a pain but it, it's a good sound Have try um, Dolby Digital um, 5.1 that should be on the DVD anyway if you've got a choice. Um, otherwise, go to the Blu-ray player and just see what output options you've got for audio. And if it says bitstream, 
Uh, Bitstream then, all the zeros and ones, all the core data goes to the TV, the TV does all the processing. Maybe that was a problem. If that's the case, then switch it to PCM, and PCM will do all the processing within the Blu-ray player itself, and then send the sound uh, to just play back through the TV speakers, and the TV won't have to do any processing. So it's one of those things. Feel free to... to, um, to Skype me and so forth, and I can run you through some of the, the settings. Um, but what I don't understand is why did it all of a sudden change? I mean, you know, we it had technically watched... technically shouldn't have. Like, yeah, it should, and, and... at the beginning, it should have, or you should have noticed, if, if it was going to have a problem, you should have noticed lip sync issues, because uh, that's, that's the biggest flaw I've got with DTS, is I get a lot of lip sync issues. Um, so, it, it's not a yeah. perfect encode, and it... <laughs> It's beautiful, but it's it's not perfect. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I set it to what they called in the... Was it the TV or the DVD player? Now I can't remember. I'd have to go back and do it again. Um, it said it's a lower res, but we'll play everything no matter what or something like that. I'd have to go back and look well, at all the settings. Here's the other thing, too. If you're playing it just through the TV speakers, a lower res, you're probably not going to lose a lot of sonic reproduction anyway um, because... On DVD, you may, because it's already heavily compressed anyway, to get it on the DVD format. But Blu-ray, your TV speakers most likely wouldn't be able to reproduce the the wide gamut of sound anyway. Um, But, yeah, you shouldn't have had to do that. That just seems weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, It's like big... uh, I mean, could be could have been a scratch on the disc, even a hairline scratch. It could be that it wasn't reading the disc properly, and then the error correction kicked in and said, well, we can't read this properly anymore. Uh, but it shouldn't have done that, especially not on a new player. If it does it again... I, it was a I, new player and a brand new disc. I mean, we had, oh, really? just, we had wow. just opened the disc, because it was a gift that the kids received uh, for Christmas, because they all love Jurassic World, so yep. Santa brought all of them a copy of Jurassic World. Um, and I didn't have to do it. And since then, my daughter and I watched um, uh, the first movie in the Hunger Games series. We watched, didn't have that problem with that DVD at all. So, mm. I, I, it was just very strange. Have a look and see what the default uh, language and the default sound is for that DVD. And... Um it, it might just be that you've just got to swap the... Although one thing that I've noticed which has been a real issue of late is they're putting less audio-only tracks on uh, on DVDs. So you used to get Dolby 5.1 surround. You used to then get um, DTS. Uh, you'd sometimes get a, a couple of others as well. Um, but I've noticed of late, any of the DVDs I've purchased for the kids, they've all been Dolby Digital 5.1. And I don't like, I'm not a fan of Dolby Digital 5.1 because it compresses it down to where every single speaker is getting under less than uh, 100 kilobits per second um, audio signals uh, coming through each speaker. Um, So it's a very compressed sound. It doesn't sound as good. Um, I don't mind a 5.1 surround sound or a 7.1 surround sound, but it's got to be an uncompressed master for me to like it i much prefer going down to a standard two channel when i watch dvd um because if you can swap to just a straight pcm stereo track 
Uh, I've found that that's actually a higher quality in many cases. I've got one uh, Queen um, live performance on Blu-ray, actually, and it's got a stereo track as well as a a high-def mastered uh, track as well. And I don't play the high-def mastered track because the CD quality is actually a better quality um, than the surround sound mix, in my opinion. So I like having that opportunity to, to swap between the available... Uh, sound choices and that that makes it I really like, easy I like just putting the disc in and watching the movie <laughs> uh, if, you, if, if you want that in the digital realm um, probably get that, get that Apple TV warmed up nice, give it a nice little rub and, and then stream it down from there that 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 thing won't give you any problems. I mean, I, I yes, yes, Tim, yes, Tim Chatton. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've got to promote the Apple TV on behalf of yeah. Tim occasionally. It look, it's a great little system, and if you just want to play something, it's good. Um, but look, I, I agree with you. I so many times I don't want to sit there, and it, it reminds me of when I bought Terminator Two when that first came out on on DVD, and every time you would put the disc in the player, it would default to French. And it's like, no, I don't want the French language. I want the English language. Oh, it was... Je ne sais quoi? Oh, it was so, so, so annoying. It was, it was just one of those things. So... Parlez-vous français? It, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, look, I, I've got that movie. I haven't had any problems with Jurassic World. I can't remember whether I've got the DVD edition as well. I know that I've got the Blu-ray with the digital copy, and I can't remember if we've got the DVD, but... I'll, I'll go and have a look after the show and, and see if I've got the DVD and then I'll, I'll play it on my system and, and see, um, see if it comes up with, with anything or if I can figure out anything for you, Kevin. It's, um, but that shouldn't happen on a brand new player, especially a Samsung. Now, if you had a, I don't know, a no-named, um, you know, yeah. sort of crappy kind of player, then I'd be going, well, okay, you know, it might be the player, take it back, but... For all our bashing of Android and so forth at times, Samsung's a damn good technology company. They produce good stuff, oh, and yeah. I've, I've never had an issue with anything that I've had of theirs. Well, I, I wanted to know what uh, makes you, right for right now anyway, want to choose your Apple TV over your Roku. What does the Apple TV have besides the games? Well, Roku has some games, but I haven't really tried them too much. But Yeah, there was... I forgot something clicked in my mind last week at one point, and I wanted to uh, the streaming. The Roku that I had upstairs worked pretty good for streaming, but it wouldn't do some of the streaming that I wanted it to do. And then I'm trying to get away from using the apps in the TV because they, while they work, sometimes they're a bit wonky. Now on the new right. set, they haven't been wonky at all. But on my older one, they are a bit wonky. So I said, okay, I want a better quality streaming box. So I said, okay, do I want a Roku 4, which is what I like, or do I want an Apple TV? And I kept going back and forth, and we were down to $25. And I started, you know, it's all the difference there was in price was $25. And I started thinking, well, you know, there's the games, the fact that I can then airplay stuff from my iPad. Uh, I can pull stuff from my Mac here upstairs to it by using home sharing and things like that. And I thought, yeah, I'll give it a try. You know, it's, you know, it, it, again, it was a, because I only got the 32 gig version. I didn't get the top end version. Um, you know, I thought, okay, this is a good way to step into it. It's at the right price point. Actually, Best Buy had it for a few dollars more off. 
And uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to take the plunge. If I don't like it, I can take it back. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. Just take it right back. Because I just walked into Best Buy, looked at it, picked it up, and uh, decided. I had already kind of decided I was going to buy it. They had the Roku 4 there as well. Um, and again, I would be willing to bet dollar to donuts that by, before the end of the year, I have a Roku 4 as well. Just because I like my Rokus. And I, I especially love the fact that I can put uh, movies that I make legal backup copies of on uh, my beloved USB drives, thumb drives, and plug them into the Roku, and they stream instantaneously off of that. And it's just perfect. It's flawless. So that's right. the other thing. So I, Huh? <laughs> the, the audio I follow and video I'm following in my head going, perfect? Mm. <laughs> Perfect for my ears. For your ears and for your eyes, yes. I, and, and we've got to be well, no, clear, we've got to be clear on that. High quality, though. I said yeah. when I when I, rip them, I set them to to 1920. Mm-hmm. I set them to full HD. Well, um, hold on a sec. So is that it, this is DVD you're referring to? Right. So you you set them to 1920 by 1080, which is high def. Right. You're not getting any additional. You're just burning zeros and ones, Kevin. Because the the DVD format maxes out at five seventy six, five seventy six or five seventy five i, um, and basically, so I forget the exact resolution, but it's definitely less than ten eighty p, significant, and it's even less than seven twenty p. Yeah. So by going up to that that high def, all you're doing is just making bigger files. Well, Handbrake, though, does a good job of making it look good. That's all I'll tell you. I mean, it looks really good when I do it with Handbrake and tell it to output it at high def. Mm-hmm. So, it, again, it looks fine to me. I'm more than happy with it, and it saves me tracking down the disc. I don't want to give up the disc because I like to have it in case I need it. Um, but, but So, yeah. So that's why I said I, I probably still will get another Roku, a Roku 4, uh, Mike. Uh, to answer your original question, it was just one of those things. I actually picked up the Amazon Fire TV, the new one that came out, and I looked at it, and I went, well, I've got the Fire Stick here at home, and I don't use it that much. So I thought, well, there's no use in me doing that. Um, I'm more likely to use the Apple TV uh, than I am the other. And, you know, the voice search on it, the the trackpad uh, on the remote, it just seemed kind of like, okay, let's give it a shot. See where we go. Um, you yeah. won't be sorry we'll long term. You, you will not be sorry. I'm, I didn't get the first one, and I regret it. Um, but I'm glad that I got the second, third. And whilst I'm not in the market at, right at this point in time for the, um, the fourth, it's certainly there as, as an option looking, looking forward. Although I, I'm sort of looking at buying another third generation anyway. Uh, because, as I said earlier, they make great audio streamers, um, and they've still got the the optical output for for people who are into audio and music, uh, or have receivers with optical. Um, so they're actually, yeah, just a really super little box. Um, so I'll probably pick up another one of those before they're discontinued. Um, yeah, they had a ton of them there at Best Buy, my local Best Buy. They had. They had two of the of the new of each of the sizes of the uh, fourth gen, and they had probably a half dozen mm. of the previous generation sitting there. Um, and the thought crossed my mind for a minute: Do I want that? And I went, No, no, no. If you're going to step in, step in all the way at the top right now, or 
closer to the yeah, top right now. I agree. If you're going to do it and uh, see how you like it. And again, it's a price point where I feel comfortable that if I start to not like it, it's not going to be a huge deal. Uh, and, and the Roku 4 would have been the same thing. The other thing is I don't have a high-def cable box on my television upstairs, which is perfectly okay because I don't want to pay Comcast all the extra money for another high-def box. But if I put, and I could have done this with the Roku too, if I put the like the CBS app, uh, CBS network here in the United States, um, NBC app here in the United States, or any of those apps on the tele on the uh, Apple TV upstairs, then I can watch. You know, like Big Bang if I'm up there and I happen not to DVR it, I can watch it. You know, straight off the CBS website, streaming in high def. Mm -hmm. So that was the other reason. Which again, I could have done that with the Roku. They have Roku apps as well. So um, I, anyway. I I'm gonna say this much by this time next year your interest is going to change away from Roku and be more derived towards the Apple TV and the only reason why I say that is not because I'm not saying that the Roku is not a good system but the Apple TV is constantly evolving with all the developers and everything that will come on board um, and as apps get better and, and things get better and the operating system gets better, it's going to be like iPhone. It's going to be like iPad, where it takes a simple and basic idea and the developers make it better to where it's like, oh, wow, I can actually get that one channel or that base of content I want by just getting one app and maybe paying one small fee or maybe even not paying a small fee. Maybe it's just ad-supported or something like that. Um, so I, I think long term you're going to probably value that Apple TV a lot more, Kevin. I, I know it's early days and, and you love your Roku, but I, I think admittedly in saying that you're not in the the, the iTunes purchasing camp uh, like myself and Tim Chatton and many other people are where we've bought a lot of digital content from the iTunes store. Uh, but you can still, if you wanted to, set up a little server, which is you know geeking out, Run, run basically an iTunes server off a Mac Mini, although if you were doing that, you'd probably connect the Mac Mini directly to the TV. But you can, you can run it off your iMac and have all your movies running off a hard drive on your iMac, streaming via AirPlay um, to the, the Apple TV. And that, that works beautifully as well. I've never had an issue with that either. Well, I think one of the things um, that I may do a little bit more with the Apple TV is I might be a little more inclined to rent stuff. And, and the main reason being there is because I generally always carry iTunes credit mm -hmm. on my account. I mean, from you know gift cards and stuff that I buy and add to it, where I don't do as much of that with Amazon, which is another place I tend to stream stuff from. So I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, you know, if there's some movie we're sitting there, we're going, oh, we'd really like to watch, you know, XYZ. Yeah. Just, um, I'm not sure how the new Apple TV works. But certainly on the third generation, it forces you into 1080p. Now, that's not an issue. I'm all, all about quality. But if you want to save a dollar on each time you rent a movie and you're happy with standard definition, then go into the settings and change it so that instead of high definition, it's, it's standard definition. And then that way you can pay a little bit less every time you rent. Um, and I've found that that comes in handy because, you know, it's something that maybe I'm not that interested in or maybe it's something for the kids. 
and it's like, well, if I can save a dollar, I will. If it's a big blockbuster that I want to see, no, I want it in, in the highest quality Apple can deliver it to me. And, um, but, yeah, just do that, and that, that fixes up that problem. Um, you, you can save a little bit there, too. Okay, I'll give that to you. What were you going to say, Mike? Well, I was going to say, you know, um, until they get an Amazon app on there, which might be coming, uh, the Apple TV really isn't... Uh, I'm not thinking too seriously about it because uh, I do a lot of stuff on Amazon. I'm not very much into Apple. So that would be one thing. Now, one thing that might get me to consider it, you know, they've been rumoring it for a long time, and I don't even know if it's going to, you know, come to fruition or not. If they could get it to basically Apple's version of cable television where you would pay a, a flat fee and you would get um, so many channels, like our broadcast uh stations here even like an apple music but for movies and tv that that would be cool i'd love to turn apple or itunes into my media center instead of paying cable bills for instance which i haven't done for a number of years but instead of doing that you could pay 30 dollars to apple for an all you can eat and it includes everything they catalog and even if it was a lower quality um, you know, I'd be okay with that for the stuff that I'm, I'm not really, you know, too pressed about it. I mean, look, one example was last night with the kids. I, I bought a copy uh, of The NeverEnding Story. It's one of my favorite films. So I got it on Blu-ray and sound was just incredible. Now, we've hired that off iTunes. We've streamed it on um, on a Netflix, like a Netflix similar service out here, which is called Stan. So-called you know, high quality, high def. The streaming services are not. They they go based on speed and they change the the quality um, as your internet speed changes and so forth. You never get in what you get on a Blu-ray. Um, you just you're not. It's it's not possible. And audio-wise, you're not as well. And it was just a massively different experience. Um, so I'm, I'm cool with you know paying an all-you-can-eat fee, but just getting a lower quality because I'm used to that with Netflix. I'm happy with that, and then if I really love it, I go and buy the Blu-ray copy and get the the best quality that's available. Um, so I wish Apple would do that. I really do because there's so much content. And look, I hated when they took TVs away from the rental. Remember when they had TV episodes and you could actually rent them? So you miss an episode of a mm-hmm. show and you just rent it. Okay, but now you've got to buy it. And it's like, okay, I don't necessarily want to buy that because now I've got in my library all these little one episodes. And yes, I know Tim Chatham's yelling at me saying, but Mark, you can hide them. And it's like, yeah, I know I can hide them, but that takes time and it's an additional step. I just wanted to pay them my 99 cents, give me the episode, let me watch it for 48 hours, and I'm good. Yeah, I that's that's a good point about that because if I were to do something like that, then I could drop the uh, the cable subscription. I would probably I still have to use them for broadband or internet connection, but I would probably then be willing to pay the extra twenty dollars a month and step up to I think it's hundred and fifty megabits down and forty up or something like that. So it would be a tremendous boost in bandwidth. I mean, I'd be okay with that because I use it for work. I use it for what we're doing. And if we were using it kind of in lieu of the um, cable TV service, I'd actually come out maybe a little bit money ahead every month. Mm. But we have to see. So, yeah, that's another interesting. Well, you've, Again, you've also got to work in with your family, too. As you can see, the, the right. first response you got was, oh, does this mean we've got to watch TV differently? And that's the response that 
that the cable companies love because they know, ha-ha, got you, and, and we're not going to move that person across now. Although um, it wouldn't have been very difficult the other night when the DVR ha- had a hiccup and we couldn't watch Big Bang Theory Thursday night after it finished. Do you know always- You know how I said a, a few weeks ago before Christmas that we were still behind on Big Bang? They still haven't aired anymore in Australia. It is fucking ridiculous. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, you guys are almost you- finished the season and we're still up to like episode five. That sucks for you. But that's why we pirate. That's, well, you know what we should do? is we should FaceTime when I'm watching Big Bang Theory and you can watch it. Boy, that quality would be excellent, Kevin. I just love that. Um, look, you know, I, I don't mind watching crappy quality. I, I do it all the time. I do it on the laptop. If, if I want to watch Big Bang and I haven't bought, you know, the iTunes um, season yet, I'm more than happy to watch it stream down in, in low quality because I just want to see the episode, but they can't even give us that at this point in time. It's so irritating. I, I would even like it if, uh, and, you know, CBS uh, is doing it, and I wish more uh, channels would do it, where you could subscribe to their, or, you know, monthly to their app, because I may not want to watch every single one. I, at this point, there's a few television shows we like to watch. We like to watch American Pickers, uh, a bunch of the History Channel TV shows. No, not and that type if, of Pickers, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, no, not not that kind. Um but you know, there's a few shows on the History Channel. But the only thing, you, their app, you have to authentic, authenticate with a cable television subscription. Yeah, that's that's point. just that's right. mean. That and, sucks. And that's what I would kind of like would be is if you know, uh, you know, then it gets, you know, depending on how many you get, then maybe you're better off to get cable. But with us, it's a few select ones. If they would have like a uh, standard network channel here, ABC, NBC, CBS, those, the major American television ones. They had like a block, and then you could get uh, a few other a la carte uh, history channel. I don't even know uh, uh, the sci-fi channel. Uh, they're finally starting to not suck again, I think. Um, so there'd be a couple like that. So if we could just you know do it per channel and just kind of get the ones that we want and not have to have all the extraneous uh, uh, fluff on there. Uh, that we would uh, watch and just be able to go, you know, here's just a few shows that we want to watch and just make it simpler rather than, yeah, we got 300 channels and we don't know what we want to watch and we're sitting there flipping and through And then there half and of those channels you would never want to watch anyway. That, you know. well, no. In my case, I've got, even on the boxes that I don't have full HD and everything on, probably almost 30 of the channels or maybe 40 I haven't counted again, are in foreign languages. I'm going, the hell do I care? I live in the United States. Speak English, please. I don't understand anything but English and German, and I really don't understand that much damn German anymore. <laughs> but see, that, that, that's where they, they've done it wrong, because they've done, well, you're going to pay for this whether you're watching it or not. What they need to do right. is they need to give you full flexibility, and I've never understood this. We've got the same problem in the cable industry out here, and our cable industry in Australia is, is just crumbling at the moment, because we've got catch-up TV coming in really, really quickly, <laughs> and Netflix was a big game-changer, and everyone's just i mean we've got 22 million people in the country and netflix uh, already after about nine months up to 1.5 to 2 million uh, subscribers wow Market and consi- penetration and yeah penetration is massive and considering like my my family 
Yeah, not that type of penetration, boys. Um, <laughs> con- con- considering, considering my family is a family of four, you know, and there's 20 million in the country, there's only so many households. I, I don't know how many households we actually have in, in the country. But that's still a, a major, major portion of the TV watching audience. And it, it's quite incredible. So we're, we're bucking the trend and saying, you know what, we're not going to be pushed into this set of, of programming because you say so. Because we don't, we don't watch it. Plus, the good thing is, I love the, the app thing, as Mike was saying earlier, where you could have an app for, say, sci-fi. And, you know, then you can binge watch sci-fi for a couple of months. And then, look... I'll lose geek credit here, but what's new on this show? Uh, but th- there's times when I just turn around and I go, you know what? I've seen enough Star Trek. I've seen enough Star Wars. I need to cool it out. And I go and watch something else. I might watch an ad- adventure, drama, I don't know, some- something else just to get away from it. You can have a little too much sci-fi in your viewing diet. And it's just it's one of those things that it's good to be able to then turn it off for a month or two months and not have to pay for it. But know that you can always turn it back on again when you want more. And I, I love that. It's a great format. Well, I'll tell you what. I've come to a, a, an epiphany here. I would say that if I really and truly like my Apple TV, I will credit you with sufficient geek points, Mark, to bring you all the way up to positive 100 geek points. Woohoo! How does that, how does that sound? For the first time in years you will actually be on the plus side of zero. There but I'm also are. sure that within minutes after that, you'll probably screw something up and I'll have to take <laughs> away 10,000 geek points. Most likely. I was going to say, I, I would feel a disturbance of the force if that was uh, ever happened. So <laughs> it, would, it, would, it wouldn't last very long. Well, it was funny. Oh. Um, what happened? Oh, we oh, had a power outage overnight. And I said, ooh, that must have been because I bought an Apple TV after <laughs> railing against them. Hmm? So what you're saying is um, giving Mark uh, positive geek points would be the equivalent of a flea fart in a hurricane. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. I couldn't have said it more succinctly myself, Mike. Very well yeah. said. You know, I stole that from Robin Williams, but you know, I give credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah. It's apropos. you got to watch out for those flea farts because they will get you every time. <laughs> so uh, moving on from the Apple TV and the digital audio geekiness, uh, we have something to talk about that uh, Mr. Uh, McPeak acquired as part of his Christmas. Yeah, well, yeah, I bought myself a Christmas present. Well, I've been looking at it for a while, and I finally just broke down and bought the Steam Game Controller uh, mm. because I've been wanting an experience. Uh, I, you know, I've had the, the, the two-handed situation here where the trackball, and I just made Kevin uh, do a spit take, um, the uh, the two hand experience here, where on one hand I've got uh, the trackball, on the other hand I've got the uh, game pad over here, and it works. I think I might have killed Kevin. <laughs> you killed Kevin. Um, oh God, he's turning red. I hope he's breathing. Uh, the video looks. If people, you're missing something here. I, he just he, he lost it there. Anyway. Oh my God. Sorry. He's Go back. Ahead. He's breathing. Okay, okay, we're safe, people. We don't have to go over there and give mouth-to-mouth because I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with that anyway. Um, but uh, so I've had, you know, like I say, the, uh, the two uh, controllers set up there. So, but, and it's, it's fine. I can sit back in my chair and do it, but I'm balancing two things on my uh, chair there. And I just kind of wanted the, the, to 
combine everything and see how it's working. But the one thing I did like is I do like the trackball. I don't know, maybe some serious gamers and tell me I'm full of some brown excrement substance. But um, I kind of like the trackball for aiming and stuff rather than trying to use a joystick because with a joystick, you're like over and up and over and up. And maybe if I did enough, I'd get used to it. But I just kind of like the feel of a trackball where you just sit there with your thumb and just kind of roll it around. To me, it seems natural that way for aiming. And so, and they've been talking about you can customize the. Uh, the um, okay, I don't even know what those going on. Uh, they're they're trying to uh, throw me off. It's, it's I'm sorry, hard. Mike. You're talking joystick, and then you you're talking trackball and joystick and ball and joystick and ball, and I'm well, I'm okay. losing it over here. Nerd, uh, nerds and gamers are just dirty minded. <laughs> we you know, are. That's why they call them that stuff. <laughs> Duh. I mean, you're sit- you're sitting there, you know, in a room, you know, playing games. By yourself. I mean, you're going to, your mind's going to go just the wrong, wrong way. We apologize, uh, Mike. We, we're just, <laughs> we're sorry. No, that's okay. I, we got to bring some levity to this show. And like I say, just watching Kevin turn, you know, uh, shade of purple almost, that was interesting in itself. Um, but so, and like I say, the, this uh, gamepad is uh, highly customizable because it's got a, uh, uh, a joystick on there, but then it's got two uh, D pads. And the one you can set up on the right, hand um you can set up set them up any way you want but you i've got this one set up so it acts as a uh trackball so as you move your thumb around on there it will move it around i'm still kind of getting used to it i'm still playing with things because um and maybe it's just the fact that it's not a trackball per se and i'm just having trouble wrapping my mind around because there's been a few times i've been trying to aim something and i'm like looking down at the ground or looking up at the sky i haven't quite mastered it yeah <laughs> yeah uh and like i said just trying to get used to the the feel of it all and it even has this novel thing that just got a gyroscope in there so you could turn that on so when you are pressing on the uh the right uh d-pad there uh you can Aim at uh, do uh, uh, grow, uh, gross aiming. I guess uh, I'm not thinking of the right word right now, but uh, rough aiming with your D-pad, and then you can take your controller and just by tilting it back and forth, you can kind of fine do the fine tuning of the uh, of the aiming there. That's so nice. um, it is, and I just and it's got um, besides your uh, I should have grabbed it. It's way over there, but uh, besides your you know your regular thumb controls, it also has some on the bottom. On the grips, so there's like two extra uh, grip uh, handles there. So uh, it looks like your standard joypad, a joystick, but uh, or game controller. But on the bottom, so you got your your two buttons on the front here on each side, and then you've got your D pads. You got your um, your four buttons that you usually have on there. Your X, Y, whatever it is. Um, but then on the bottom, you have an extra set. So I've got them set up for. The right-hand one is for reloading, so you don't have to take your thumb off or whatever. So when you're running around shooting, you just reload by doing that. You don't have to be taking your thumb off as you're trying to aim and shoot and everything. And then the other one's set up for, I think, jumping. So you can just sit there and, you know, you can be running and just squeeze it to jump. Um, And like I said, I'm playing with that. And then you can also set it. I was also playing. I bought a few more games over the christmas uh, holiday i got age of mythology um okay i bought age of mythology i know he's just I, i'm very I, i'm gonna look i'm just thing. gonna look at you mike because well, why, why can't i just mute kevin's video 
He makes me laugh. Uh, well, if you guys are watching me, I close my eyes quite often, and that helps sometimes. This is less to, oh lord! Uh, now I just put a standard picture up there, which is square and actually maybe worse. Um, but you can sit there and do uh, regular games uh, with it too. You can treat it like a uh, uh, um, a mouse um, sort of keyboard setup. So you can do. Uh, I was playing Age of Mythology. I bought Age of Empires. Uh, no, I think I already owned that one. But uh, we are uh, just some games like that. I haven't got around to using it too much. But, so it, it'll give you that kind of lean back experience. So you can sit in your chair, you can lean back, you can do that stuff. I also bought, uh, what was the name of it? Skid, uh, City Skylines, I think it is. Sort of a SimCity uh, like game. Uh, and so you can run that one there too. So it's just like you, you're just moving around like you would your mouse, and your uh, buttons will act as your right and left uh, mouse buttons on there. So you can just sit back and just play games that way. Um, so if you're uh, like in uh, Age of Mythology, you want to uh, press down and uh, grab a bunch of your warriors, and then you uh, click to move them over or, or to attack, or whatever. And it seems like it's a fairly good thing. I mean, I've got a play something other than Borderlands for a while to see how it works, but that was kind of my test case, and because uh, I'm used to playing that the most right now, so I did that, and the first game I put it in, they don't have a god mode, but I'm at a high enough level that I put it down to something simple, so I sit there and take abuse uh, without having a whole lot of damage done to me, as I'm trying to go, oh wow, my mouse is, you know. Uh, it's like you had your neck snapped and your head's just rolling around, you know, trying to get used to it. But once you get used to it, it's not too bad a way to play. And uh, and like I said, I just wanted that ultimate lean back experience because the thing is, I've got two things balanced there, and well, they're kind of sliding around on the arm and you know the chair, or whatever. And uh, it's, it gets a little hard. And then on the the, the game pad over there, I'm trying to reach things, and you know it's kind of precarious sometimes it's like sliding off the edge of the arm there because i'm doing stuff or whatever and so i just wanted that ultimate experience where you just kind of sit back and still have the maneuverability that you know i'm used to and i kind of want now i you know todd i was in gamestop uh yesterday they were having a skylanders event and uh i took my son and he and i went into uh the gamestop um, and we were looking at, and I came across the Steam stuff, and they had the Steam controller there, so I kind of know what you're talking about. I looked at it because right. I actually have a friend locally who's very much into playing Steam games, and I'm considering it for him for a uh, birthday gift. But um, you know, we'll have to see. But I do like the idea that the, you know, that again, that's one of the reasons I'm considering that Nimbus controller for the Apple TV. It's that lean back mm -hmm. experience, you know, lean back, feet up, old man fart, lazy, just you know. Right. Sit, sit there and enjoy the game. The way I well, look I'm all, Sorry, Mark. No, well, I was going to say, I'm also thinking about maybe, you know, if I want to do something in the living room, get out of my man cave down here once in a while and actually move upstairs, um, do I want to get um, a computer and put up there, you know, like a Steam computer um, or just a regular PC, or do I want to get... They also sell that... Um, what do they call it? The Steam Link, I think, is the name of it. It's like a $50 device. It's just, it'll stream from your computer downstairs mm -hmm. to this device. So you'd be playing off your computer downstairs, but then you'd be able to play it on your TV. So you wouldn't have to buy a, you know, a console to put up there. And then you could plug your controller into that. So you could be able to play your games upstairs without having to invest a lot of money. Or do I want to get a good, you know, um, 
a fairly good you know gaming computer. My one, mine over here isn't too bad, but the graphics card is a little, a little lacking. I don't notice it, but it would be nice to have something with an NVIDIA uh, proper NVIDIA card in it because my tablet, if it's uh, was it stream ready or whatever they call it. Uh, I can stream from the NVIDIA card no matter what game it is to my tablet and play it that way. So I would have a few more options that way. So I don't know. I've got way too much, many options uh, to consider and too many things to do it. But, well, have a look at the options Alien is always where, a good thing. Op- options is good. Have a look at the Alienware um, Alpha consoles. Mike, they're pretty powerful and pretty good. Plus, you can actually upgrade them, um, which mm-hmm. I, I like for a, a home console. But um, you know, they're also pricey too because they're, they're deemed right. to be a dedicated gaming system and, and, and so forth. So they, they do cost a little bit, but they're, they're very good. Um, the, the other thing I was going to say a, a little bit before was with that new Steam controller, the fact that you can play comfortably any of the Age of, Age of Empires, Age of Mythology mm-hmm. and so forth, that means that Diablo will play perfectly. Torchlight, there's Dungeon Crawlers as well. And that is a really, 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 really good controller. If you can be comfortable with that, when mm-hmm. you, your muscle hand memory, so the mind, then muscle right. memory, whatever they call it, uh, is in tune with mouse and, and keyboard controls, if you can remap that to a controller and have basically the same experience, maybe you know a couple of things, maybe mm-hmm. you've got a tweak or... Maybe you still need a keyboard nearby just to do a couple of fine things. But if you can play the game for, say, 20 minutes without having to touch anything else, that's a killer, killer um, controller. Right. Now, I want to sit down and try uh, Skyrim. Uh, I've been trying to play Skyrim. My uh, daughter's boyfriend has been playing, and he's really into it, and I want to try and get into it uh, and play it. And I just, I, I, for some reason, it's just not quite clicking with me yet. But I want to try it with that controller because it's got things like you got to bring up spells, you got to do other things. So I can set up that left D pad for your basically your compass points, so you could uh, bop, bop between, you know, picking your spells, picking your weapons, your inventory, you know, whatever. Get it set up that way so that you could just bounce back and forth between them because i've tried setting up my the other system i had with that uh game uh control the game pad there and you know i was remapping some things i was doing some weird things and you know it just didn't seem like it was working quite the way i want but if i can get it set up so uh, yeah i have the lean back experience i can bring up the screens that i need to and be able to sit there and play and have a fair amount of control over things um you know, and I'm still, I was playing, I've been playing about most of the weekend here, um, and I'm still kind of getting used to it. It's still a little, I won't say wonky, but I just, it's not as smooth as the trackball for aiming. Uh, but it, it's getting there, and I'm tweaking it. I've been trying, because they got things you can set the sensitivity, you can set whether, how much, uh, now what do they call it, basically an Ursha. So if it's you're using it like a trackball, you know, when you let go, will it like continue on a little bit? So it's got like light, medium, heavy, none. You can. Uh, there's all kinds of things in there you can tweak. So almost, and you know, but, almost like coefficients of friction and stuff like that between things. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of set. You know, uh, so you can get kind of a feel. So I'm, you know, experimenting with that a little bit, uh, just to you know, kind of get the feel 
to where it is. And, you know, I'm not a heavy gamer, but I know there's lots of gamers out there that just love to tweak. They'll sit there on their systems and they'll get the best graphics card, the best processor, memory with the lowest uh, latency or whatever. I mean, they'll sit there and just, and I'm not that bad, but I would like, you know, a decent experience. I want something that, you know, I'm not getting my butt handed to me all the time. And uh, and I'm still, it's still a training process because it's still, I still have to look down every once in a while and make sure I'm hitting the right key and, and getting used to it and, and fumbling around a little bit. And But, you know, it's getting there. And, and like I say, just to have that experience where I can sit back, my feet up in the air, uh, my dog comfortably perched on my lap, hopefully not bringing your head up at the wrong time and causing my aim to go, <laughs> but you know, that's, you know, but you know, cause I, I like to have my, my dog, my doggy on my lap while I'm playing games. It's just, you know, nice and comforting that way. Um, built in like eating pad. Doggy. Yeah. That this time of year too. Yeah. Uh, we need that. So, um, but you know, that's my ultimate, you know, uh, thing I want to do is just be able to, uh, and if I can transfer that up to the living room at some point, some way, um, so I can do it up there. And you know, so I this thing called sunshine. I hear it's it's good for a person. So I could sit there in front of our big south window and play games and you know soak up the sun or something like that and uh, participate in human living once in a while. Oh, but imagine the of- glare, Mike. Well, you know, we'll see how that works. Uh, I can always pull the curtain shut, which then defeats the whole purpose, I yep. guess. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think uh, I'd be interested to hear more about that as you make advances and you get used to that game controller. I think um, right. you, you may tip the scales there, too, because I keep toying around with the idea of getting a Steam account and playing a few games there, too. But Steam's, really don't need Steam's great because it's cheap. You know, they, yeah. they have sales on every single week. It, it, it's the one place where you never buy anything. Unless you want it launch day or launch week, you never buy anything at full price because it will always come on sale. Yeah. Well, that, it's cheap. Yeah, it's on sale. And then the other thing is, too, uh, so I could have my computer down here with all the games on it, and I could even just take a laptop upstairs, install the Steam client on it, and I could stream from game... Yep. Stream uh, Steam from one computer to the other, not have to have the games installed on there. Um, so that's handy. Uh, you know, I could have the link on there. And no, the biggest thing too is no flipping CDs you have to put in the tray. And you have to remember where you put your CDs to, you know, so you could play your game and you have to carry around this big stupid notebook of uh, with all your game CDs in it so you can authenticate your. Your, your your program they there's DM, DRM built into it I'm no mm. fool but it's it's seamless it's painless and that's probably the the big thing too because I even on my uh, Surface tablet here I went and put uh, Age of Empires 2 HD on it which I think is kind of a new and improved version of Age of Empires and so we, my son uh, he's because he's got the Surface Pro 2 and I've got the Surface 3 but we wanted to try and just get together because we we used to do that when they were kids uh, we would sit there and play uh, uh, Age Empires head to head have a, you know, a bunch of people on the network there and to be able to sit there so if I can because the Steam uh, thing's just got a USB dongle so I plug that into my tablet here uh, get it set up so I can see it and start playing games, and we could both be in the living room there with our stuff doing this, and just be able to, or go anywhere, even if we, uh, you know, go, we could go to his house and set it up on his network or whatever. But we got, you know, uh, uh, 
a portable gaming system that we can that's reasonably powerful. I mean, that's maybe not a gaming laptop, but it's still not bad, you know, depending on what games you're playing, but just be able to play it anywhere we want. And I want to try and experiment and see if we just set up a, a Wi-Fi hotspot that it's not even connected to a network. I don't know exactly how it works, if it's got to be connected to Steam to do it. But even if we had a uh, Wi-Fi network that just connected our computers together, would it be able to play and do that? You mean like an ad hoc network? Yeah, hmm. basically. Yeah, that might work. Yeah. Give it a try and let us know. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, I see we're at the hour 15, hour 19 minute mark. I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. And uh, I want to say that uh, it's been a fun show. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well, uh, despite me almost having a heart attack or suffocating. <laughs> oh, that was the so best hard. part. It was for you because you're trying to get rid of me. I know your secret <laughs> plans. I told no. you you're not on my life. You're not on my life insurance policy. Stop it. <laughs> well, incredible is. <laughs> And you passed my dirty mind test because uh, all the uh, the remarks that were perfectly innocent, you're sitting there busting a gut on, so we know who has a dirty mind here. Oh, yeah, because I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah, but I can keep a straight face. And, and I can I, be I, serious, too. I'd like to watch Lisa's face while she's seeing us do this because I've seen her when she records with us. Her mind's right there with all three of us. So. Yeah, but she also, she also like gives her. us that look, which is, oh, boys, boys, boys. Yeah, she, yeah, boys. So she, she raised three sons. She knows. She knows. She understands. <laughs> so uh, with that, why don't uh, we start backwards, reverse, otherwise round in the reverse order that we started in and come in. And Mark, why don't you talk? tell us where we can find out about you? Okay, I'm, I'm reversing backwards, so uh, go across and check me out at markgreentree.com or uh, head across to subjectivesounds.com and uh, read what I'm doing across there. And uh, today, Alistair Jenks actually published a guest post uh, with a, an album that he likes. So uh, go across, have a read, and uh, enjoy. Let me know your thoughts. I'd appreciate it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, folks. Go have a read. Uh, despite all the crap I give Mark, he is an excellent writer, so please go have a read. And his opinion sometimes actually makes sense, so it, it, it's it's worth a read, if nothing else. Thank you, Kevin. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, Mr. Mister McPeak, where could people find out about you and your thumb and your joystick and your balls and everything else that's moving around on you? Oh, Lord. I might lose it now here. Um yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and work anything off of that. It'll just go horribly, horribly wrong. Anyway, if you do want to find out what I uh, uh, think that's not you know, dirty-minded, unless you have a dirty mind, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have an about.me account at about.me slash Mike McPeak. Uh, that's M-C-P-E-E-K. And just to let people know, we finally did get an episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk out. I should look to see if Julie posted it. Uh, but I know we got recorded in the, thing, in the, in the Dropbox waiting for her to get to it. Uh, she's been very busy, but she's uh, going to try and get it out. And we're going to try and get back on schedule here. Uh, so I just I don't want people to think that we're pod fading. It's just real life, you know, how that goes. So, But, um, you know, uh, come check us out there and, uh, and see what you think. Great, and I, as I've said before, I do encourage people to go listen to Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Well, folks, if you want to find out more about me, you can go over to twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or if you want to find out other things that I might be attached to, uh, go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. Yes, I said attached to. 
Before oh, don't, you, don't you, kiss that flagpole in the wintertime. You won't there, you, there you go, unattached. If you want to find out more about the show, folks, go over to geekiestshowever.com. Uh, reviews in iTunes are always welcome. Folks, we thank you for listening to the show this week, and we hope you truly enjoyed our choking, our our antics, our our everything that got manipulated and moved around as we were talking about it. Uh, and we, we hope that between now and next week, while you think about that, you don't forget to hug a geek. Hey, Siri, I'm looking for a new podcast. How about three geeky ladies? Well, I want to hear about technology. As I said, three geeky ladies. I want to learn about different types of apps and websites that will help me in my day-to-day life. Um, Three Geeky Ladies fits the bill. A podcast that talks about new releases in Apple, like iCloud, Photos, new iPhones, and iPads. Oh, and El Capitan is coming out soon, right? As I've been saying, Three Geeky Ladies is what you want. Say, what about the Three Geeky Ladies podcast? That looks like exactly what I want. Thanks, Siri. Wow. Three Geeky Ladies, a technology podcast from a female perspective. Find it on the Stoplight Network.